Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Vaughn Cash with you once again on the Temple Time broadcast. I trust that you and your families are all doing well today and that you are preparing yourself to find your way to a house of God this morning. The church of your choice, just to make sure that you are in God's presence today to worship him, to thank him, and to call upon him to give you whatever help you may need in your life today. Whatever difficulty that you may be faced with, it's a good thing to be in God's house to seek his guidance and seek his wisdom today. Over the last two Sundays, I have been sharing with you on worship, and in particularly, the beauty of holiness as a part of our worship. The foundation text that we've been using is First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 29, which says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And last week I added Psalm 29, verse 2, which basically says the same thing. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of of holiness. And again, it's repeated in Psalm 96, verses 8 and 9. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so this is obviously an important admonition because God repeats it three times in the scriptures. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so what we have talked about has to do with the fact that God wants us to develop a lifestyle, a Christian lifestyle of holiness, separated and set apart unto God, a life that is holy in this sense unto God, totally devoted to him and totally committed to him. And then we are admonished in the scriptures to add that kind of lifestyle to our worship. And what we talked about is actually beautifying our worship by adding to it a life that is holy, totally set apart unto God, a life that is totally consecrated and dedicated to God. And that adds beauty to our worship and makes our worship a beautiful thing for God to behold. Now, I left off saying last Sunday that in the Old Testament, God had established a particular system of worship for the nation of Israel. And it was God himself who established this system of worship. And in the book of the prophet Malachi, the Lord laments what had happened to a system of worship that was pure and how it was corrupted by the people themselves and how what was intended to be something that was pleasing and acceptable to God as an act of their worship became something that was totally defiled. And the prophet Malachi says, the Lord speaking through the prophet Malachi in Malachi 1 verse 6, the Lord Almighty says to the priests, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. I am your father and master, but where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have despised my name, but you ask, how have we ever despised your name? You have despised my name by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? 
You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals and sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord Almighty. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all, asks the Lord Almighty. The prophet continues, I wish that someone among you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not at all pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept your offerings. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord, and you turn up your noses at his commands, says the Lord Almighty. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and mutilated, crippled and sick, presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offering as these, asks the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. So what God is saying to us through this word by the prophet Malachi is that the offerings that were presented to God as an act of the, the people's worship were to be holy offerings, animals that were pure, animals that had no disease, no blemishes. They were to give the best of their flock. They were to give the best crops from their fields, and they were to give the best herbs from their fields as an offering, as a worship offering to God. But instead, they gave God the blemish. They gave God the disease. They gave God the worst of their flock, the worst of their crops and their fields, and offered it to God as an act of worship. And God God made it very clear that he was totally and completely displeased with that. Now, how does that apply to us today? Well, God desires of us to worship him, as the scripture says, in the beauty of holiness. And as I've said over the last couple of weeks, that speaks of worshiping God out of a holy life, worshiping God out of a pure heart. Now, I did not say sinless, but worshiping him out of a pure heart. When sin comes along in life, we confess it, we ask God's forgiveness, and then we get back on course with him. So God desires of us worship that comes from a holy life. But when we live any kind of life that we feel we want to live and do any sorts of things that's displeasing to God, dishonoring to God, disobedient to his word and his commands, then offer worship to God, go into a church and offer worship to God, knowing that the vessel through which we are offering that worship is unclean, just like the animals that Israel offered were unclean. There is no holiness there. And so when we give God that kind of worship, it is displeasing to God, it is dishonoring to God, and quite frankly, God does not 
accept it. Just as he said, he did not accept the offerings that the nation of Israel offered to him. But then, that which we do offer to the Lord in praise and worship ought to be our best offering, coming from a life that is holy, sanctified, and set apart unto the Lord. Not half-hearted worship, not worship that comes with a lack of real interest, not pretentious worship or hypocritical worship, not worship that just goes through the motions or the rituals, but worship that comes from a heart that is open and clean and pure before God. And as I said, even when we do not live up to God's high standard, we can ask him to cleanse us and put us back in a position where we can offer unto him worship that is holy and acceptable unto God. In Revelation chapter 4 verses 8 through 11, it says, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. So again, when the holiness of God is declared, then the worshipers who present themselves before God, the scripture says, falls down before him who sits on the throne and worship him. So again, that's the kind of worship that God prescribes. Worship that is holy, coming from a holy life unto a holy God. And then verse 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So this morning, I encourage you, especially if you are a Christian making your way to the house of God today, to get yourself together before you leave home and spend some time, if necessary, before God, asking him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to cleanse your mind, to cleanse your emotions, to cleanse your physical body from all contamination and sin and prepare you as a holy vessel, one who is separated unto God so that when you enter the house of God today, you can give God the worship that he prescribed that comes from a vessel that is holy and beautify your worship with a holy life before God today. Dr. Charles Stanley once said that he believed that most Christians in most churches have never worshipped God. Now that's a strong statement to make, but that's what he says. And here is how he continues. He says, we go to church, but we don't worship. We sing songs, but we don't worship. We listen to sermons, but we don't worship. All of these things are elements of worship, but they are not worship in and of themselves, which means that you can do all of them and yet have failed to truly worship God. We Christians often mistake the means of worship for worship itself. And the idea is that God looks 
at our lives. He looks at our hearts. And even though we may be going through these motions and doing all of these other things, if that connection is not a right connection between us and God, then our worship will be rejected by God just as he rejected the worship of the nation of Israel as they offered things that were unclean and defiled before the Lord. Bob Sorgate, in his book entitled Exploring Worship, A Practical Guide to Praise and Worship, he says, Our worship is sometimes flawed and superficial because we have no theology of worship. And then he goes on to say, True worship is based on the revelation of God, a holy God. Worship is not based on my likes or dislikes. It is not based on my personal preferences or priorities. It is based solely on God's revelation of himself as it is found in the scriptures. Because true worship is based on the Bible, the only question that needs to be asked of our means of worship is, are they biblical? The music must be biblical. The sermon must be biblical. The prayers must be biblical. Why is it so vitally important that our worship be biblical? Because the kind of God you worship is the kind of person you will become. We must make sure that the God we worship is the God of the Bible and not a God of our own making. A holy God worshiped in the beauty of holiness by a holy people. That, my friends, is what God prescribes for us as we worship him. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks today for the opportunity and the privilege that is ours to worship you. I pray, Father God, that you will help our weaknesses. Help us, O oh Father God, where we fall short of what you prescribe and what you desire from us as we worship you. Help us, O oh God, that as Jesus taught us, we may worship you in spirit and in truth, a worship that will be acceptable unto you. May your name be honored and glorified in all of our churches around the nation today as the people of God worship you in the beauty of holiness. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.